0: all right this is the eat to perform podcast i have no idea whether that's going to turn out well or not but i thought it'd be funny um we need intro music i love music um but uh we've never had intro music and so we'll uh see how that plays out okay this is paul nobles for Eat to perform i am here with the director of coaching at eat to Perform, becky avara We are not with our lifetime clients. looks like there was some misunderstanding as it relates to the email that went out. Um, And so we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. And this podcast is probably going to be relatively short because there's going to be no Q&A session. And so um, just a, a, a little bit of what has gone on. Recently, we will have a few deals coming up here on Black Friday um, for to four meals for for um, new clients that are looking to join, and all <laughs> excuse me, all manner of things. Um, in early December, we are going to be offering hormones specifically. Previously, we'd only offered hormones through um, or at least the blood work, and then you can go on to the referral network uh so that's coming up probably in about a week here and so i know there was a few people more than a few people waiting for that so uh be on the lookout for that because i know not everybody wants to be on the weight loss medication train and so we only kind of did that part just so we can make sure that those people are set up for january we will be doing um, I I'm, I normally don't do this, but uh, I will tell you that technically um, the next weight loss medication push is going to be December 26. So technically that's for 2024 because you've got to set up your blood work and all these different things that you need to do so that, you know, you are protected um as it relates to what that blood work might show and and then the referral network kind of helps you through that process okay so i wanted to walk through becky and i were just talking about this um and this is going to seem like one of the most fitnessy fitness podcasts that we've probably ever done most of these fitness podcasts that you listen to, I often think to myself, I mean, one is very the only one that I'll listen to for the most part is really my, my might not even be a podcast. It's um, Derek from More Plates, More Dates, um, talking about hormones and testosterone and things of that nature, and even that, I, I really. If, if a lot of this stuff is not time stamped, I don't have a lot of patience for it because I don't want to listen to 50 minutes of why testosterone is effective or, you know, the topics, you know, we were just talking about this is really only about like 16 topics within all of fitness, right? And it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard of like sports podcasts or true prime podcasts You know, I, I tell the team this all the time that when we look at our content Sometimes it can feel like we're up against it in a lot of ways, right? Because you're against literally every other thing on the internet. I mean, yesterday I was watching a podcast. I think it actually opened uh, Jimmy Kimmel live where this woman couldn't go to work in Australia because there was a... uh elephant seal blocking her truck. So her truck couldn't leave. And I was thinking to myself, like, there's no way that boss believes that, you know? And then the, the funniest thing about the elephant seal was that it had like a little um, transmitter so that like the people knew. And it's just the most hilarious thing. And then as this reporter is talking about the elephant seal, um, with the woman who's not going to work. Um, the elephant seal is co- coming towards the reporter. And so uh, it was just like the silliest scene. And th- that's the thing about the internet is that for all the things that are bad about the internet, you know, and and I understand that this probably affects all of our attention span, but if you got three to five minutes, you can usually find something relatively entertaining or something that you like. And it just gets really, really hard to watch like 30 minute shows or an hour show. Um, sometimes it's nice. Right. But, uh, I find myself on YouTube way more. I have, I'm not a huge TikTok guy. Um, I'm sure if I, if I, if I was, I would like it. Um, because I actually think that a lot of the YouTube videos, if they're over five minutes, I'm like, next. know, yeah, not interested. <laughs> you know, I just I just want to be entertained. You know, I'm not even sure that it's going to entertain me. But my point being is that like all these fitness podcasts, um, they don't talk about things like the elephant seal or they don't talk about things that are realistic. Right. Like they, you know, a lot of fitness is much more mental than it is physical. And there's they're heavy on the physical and, and, and real light on the mental, right? And so that's what we try to bring to the table. But like I said, this is gonna be one of the more fitnessy ones. So the word bulk, okay? From the second I started Eat to Perform, I did not want to be in that realm, right? Um, Now, realistically, if you want to put on any sizable muscle, bulking is going to be part of that process, right? Um, You can do it over time, but even over time, it's going to be less effective as you go. When I say bulking, I mean intentionally gaining 20 to 30 pounds to put on muscle let's say for women 15 to 20 pounds i defy anyone to say that a coach actively coached them through each reform to gain 15 to 20 pounds right i'm not saying that people haven't gained 15 to 20 pounds going off the rails or whatever right because we all know that sometimes the you know life happens right and um You know, I'll fully admit that, you know, that has happened to me. Um, But when that does happen to me, I tend to not panic because I know, okay, wait a second. This actually might end up being a good way to build muscle. And then, you know, when I'm ready for a fat loss cycle, we can kind of pull that down. And So this is something that I think will help many of you when you're doing an accidental bulk and i'm doing air quotes um for people listening to the podcast and so um but just think of that whenever you know if it's the holidays right and you're up three to five pounds this is probably the formula for what i would refer to as a mini bulk right and once again you know is your coach coaching you to gain weight so that you gain muscle no And if you're realistic about it, it's not the macros that are moving up. It's really a lot of times it comes down to effort. A lot of times it comes down to you taking the foot off the gas. You know, everyone takes those fat loss phases real serious. And then when we move to AP and PR, they kind of enjoy life too much. That's sort of the gray area of fitness that a lot of people don't want to talk about, right? They want to talk about being more rigid and more, you know, because if I could blame you, right? Then I'm not culpable at all. And so we actually have always set up our business, you know, from, you know, the way that we do memberships to the way that we do multiple um, reviews a week and all these different things so that we can refine the process so you can get the best result, right? But once again, if I could just say to you, well, Yep, you had that milkshake, three pounds, you know, that's not reality, right? But that is the way that a lot of other places treat it because they look at their formula for fitness as static, right? And we look at our formula for fitness as dynamic, right? And so... um what I think happens for a lot of people you know you'll see people every now and again and 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 we use the form uh the forums really are kind of a celebration for for people but there's a lot of people that do want to you know um use that to find allies in the fact that you know they went on vacation two months ago and their weight was up eight pounds and has this ever happened to anyone yeah it's happened to literally everyone right but in every single case, there is a certain amount of accountability that needs to come with that. Doesn't mean that you can't figure out a way. I'm going to actually walk you through how to use that. Right. But whenever I gain, let's say five pounds, I know why. It's no secret. You know, and I, I think people need to be more honest with themselves about that part because what you're really doing is you're setting yourself up for failure by wanting to move back to rigid, right? And then what ends up happening is, is you find that rigid is not a lifestyle that you can sustain. And that's the formula for yo-yo dieting. That's the formula for eating disorders. That's the formula for like the really bad stuff, right? And so the way that classic dieting is set up or classic fitness is set up is, you know, let's say I'm a trainer, right? And, you know, things aren't really going that great for your training session. It's much easier for me to say to you that milkshake was the problem than it is, look, we've tried it at low reps. It didn't work. Let's try higher reps. And then once we try higher reps, Maybe we need to try more weight, right? And all these things, because I say it all the time, and I think this is really important for people to just like tattoo in the inside of your your head that it's your timeline that keeps screwing you up, right? And so it's this, this, I need to get fitness now. You know, when you've been doing this for 15 years or, or 20 years or some people for a whole lifetime, that's not how we think right what we think is okay i got information from that you know when i eat like an idiot i gained 5 pounds um how can i address that or you know over an extended time over summer this summer i gained 15 pounds right i had i knew exactly why i gained 15 pounds it was no secret um And so, so I think people are not honest with themselves about that. And they think to themselves that they need more rigidity because they look back at fat loss and they go, I was really rigid during fat loss. And I would argue that, you know, the more important part is the part where you're not rigid and you're more flexible. And are you okay with that? Like in my case, I was okay with it, right? Um, I was, you know, I was dealing with an injury at the time, so that was a big, big factor as it related to the to the weight gain. But what I most importantly, um, and and once again, this is not the kind of thing that other places say because the reason why they don't say it is because they don't want you entertaining these thoughts, right? They want you to believe that you're the reason and they have no culpability. The fact of the matter is, is dieting and fitness has a real problem with your relationship with food, your relationship with exercise and things of this nature. And I bring that up to you because if you're going to view food as an ally for the rest of your life, and you should, right? um, Then you need to view some of these things as the things that are causing this abusive relationship, right? Over-exercising. My my brother-in-law actually is dealing with some severe dehydration issues he ended up passing a kidney stone as a result of it and he's had a number of issues like this over the years um he's one of the people that I can talk to about fitness he's very fit i mean he's he's probably you know 7% body fat i mean almost the whole time i've known him but he does kind of live in this this I'm not going to say earn the food because actually he doesn't eat that much. You know, he's always eaten like a bird. He's like 160 pounds and things of this nature. Um, We have had discussions about hydration and we've had discussions about because the kidney stones that they, they think the main culprit was hydration for him. And so You know, mostly the discussions I've had with him is about just having a healthier relationship with food and having a healthier relationship with exercise. But that's a great example of when that goes wrong. Right. So I was joking with my sister-in-law who, you know, my sister-in-law is kind of interesting because. My sister-in-law is is built like my wife. And so my, my wife, as many of you know, kind of had the genetics of a Swedish farm girl. And um, my sister-in-law has talked many times about feeling like this unrealistic standard related to food and related to exercise because of her husband. And I just, you know, one time I said to her, I was like, you you do know, like, he, he knew what you look like he knew he he knew the plan he signed up for. Like, you know, I mean, I think I talked about this in another podcast where there was like this, um, full figured, uh, gal that was, um, talking, you know, she's, she's a bigger lady and her husband is like a lumberjack ripped, shredded, great looking guy, you know, beard, couldn't be more manly. Right. Um, and she's like, "Well, my husband loves me for more than just you know, my you know, yeah, well, he can look past. I think that was what she said that he can look past my body and loves me for more than just that. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'm just gonna stop you right here. He knew the plan he signed up for. he he's into your body. Right. And, and I think we all need to be realistic, especially male to female. Right. Like I, I think women are better in this regard um, that women actually can look past, you know, some of this stuff. I think men, you know, um, if the Internet is taught as anything right, it's that, you know, there's there's lots of different um, ways to view things. And, and I think that, uh, you know, my sister-in-law is not you know, she might feel this unrealistic fitness and and it's probably very important for her to, to be fit. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, her husband signed up for that plan as it was. Interestingly enough, okay, my brother-in-law does do what I'm about to describe. The problem is, is he doesn't feed it And his weight never goes up, so he never gets that growth signal, right? So, the growth signal I'm talking about is your body being anabolic. Your body is anabolic when you have a surplus of food like Thanksgiving or like Christmas or you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Typically, we're going to celebrate with what food, wine, alcohol, things of this nature, so we're going to have excessive calories. Now, the more you can keep the quality of those calories higher, right? Trying to do what I'm saying with a bunch of alcohol is probably not the best use. Doesn't mean you can't um I think we're all a little bit unrealistic about what the um what the holidays look like for all of us, right? It it tends to be a about five to six days, kind of depending on your family traditions, right? And so this idea that, you know, oh, for for two months, you know, things went off the rails. It's like, that might be a little bit you, right? Because really, you know, there's Thanksgiving. We do two Thanksgivings, right? That's only two days, you know. Then we have, you know, my wife and I go to a, to a concert and usually have a, you know, a dinner plan with that. And then with my daughters, we we go to a restaurant. um, And then, you know, it's Christmas. But what people aren't realistic about is that it's the fact that you like having your guard down. You like being able to enjoy life without all these parameters and things of this nature. Look, your coach understands that you're probably not going to be logging food for a few of those days, and that's perfectly fine. But then you stepping on the scale and realizing that the scale is up, that needs to be part of the equation. You need to sort of build that in, right? I say this all the time, that if you're going to go from fat loss to AP to PR, there should probably be some expectation for weight gain. Now, should you be trying to gain weight? Should you be trying to bulk? No, you know I don't think that most of us. You know I'm 55 years old, man. I'm not. I'm not trying to put on 30 pounds so then I have to lose it later on. You know this is why bodybuilders and physique competitors and stuff like this have such a bad relationship with food is because. And then often end up leaning on hormones too heavily or steroids in some cases um, way too heavily because their relationship with food just gets so screwed up. Okay, so how do we all like to work out? Well, we've all sort of played the earn the food game. And we've used excessive cardio, and then eventually, um, a lot of people move to HIT, right, or CrossFit or something of this nature. And if you think about why you like CrossFit or like HIT or like, you know, just going for a thirty-minute run, it's because it fits your time schedule, right? And so, you know, if you wanted to be a bodybuilder, as an example. And you did that professionally and someone was paying you to be a bodybuilder well you might have three to four hour sessions right um where there was lots of rest in between sets you know we talked a little bit about this in the group do you train to failure um if you want to train most effectively yes right? You want to stress the muscle to the point where it's breaking down. So then when you eat your protein and stuff like this, you're going to be repairing that muscle and potentially gaining new muscle in the process, okay? Now, as we're all older, we have to be a little bit more realistic about what that is. And so for a lot of us, we might be trying to gain a little bit of muscle, not necessarily a lot of muscle, but we're trying to keep the muscle we have, right and so um those are big things you really only accomplish that i'm going to say this really slow you only accomplish that slow controlled good form at high reps to failure on lower body fatigue there are some exercises where you can isolate your legs this is the funniest thing is that the, the God of all lower body exercises is squats. There is not a bodybuilder on the planet that has built those massive quads with squats. Squats might be a part of what they do, right? Like, so you can initiate the muscle with something like a, like a squat where you're using both legs, but typically like for instance, One lower body exercise that I love, Sarah loves. Anybody, well, I don't, I I can't put myself in the in the category of Sarah in terms of quads. Um, but leg extensions. Leg extensions will allow you. I would say you don't really want to go to failure even with leg extensions, which probably allow you to do it because it's not the issue of whether you would get hurt or not it's a it's it just going to compromise the form and it's going to put too much tension on your kneecap and your uh, patella tendon and things of this nature right so even that um for lower body you really want to work to fatigue what are we talking about with fatigue so when i do leg extensions this is what i do um I do a so I I warm up um we should maybe speak a little bit about warm ups I'll talk about that here in a second um but I think that a lot of the way that people warm up is is not just ineffective but you know almost silly um and and so I if you know, it's not personal. I'm not, I'm not saying anything to you that is, um, a personal attack. Uh, there's a lot of people that will come to a gym and roll around on a nubby, you know, foam roller. Um, and all that is doing is causing pain and the muscle to retract. You would be much better off doing some level of dynamic stretching. You don't want to be doing, stretching where you're holding that muscle for a long period of time that both those things might be good post-workout pre-workout all it's going to do is restrict the muscle from what you needed to do and what you needed to do is be dynamic so when i warm up i warm up with the exercise that i am going to do I warm up in sets of three to five and then start to move into eights. And then, if we're doing like bodybuilding type sets, I'll move to 15s. Now, here is so this is kind of a version of a guy named Borges Fajarli. Borges. Invented something called myo reps. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's ever been anything more effective than myo reps. Um, Myo reps basically takes a lower weight at super high um, uh, uh, sets. uh, I'm sorry, reps. And then you do like mini reps. When you are close to failure, you're going to need to Google myo reps. I might be getting something wrong, but as I recall, I'm doing this off of the top of the dome. You might, if, if like your top set might be at 65 pounds, you're going to do myo reps at like 30. Then you might do, I want to say 12. And then in the last, three or so, you're really working that mind and muscle, um, uh, connection. And, uh, then you'll do another three and then another three and then two and then one to the point where you're at full failure. So it ends up being 21 reps or 25, um, reps and, That is a version of failure that is very effective. Like I said, if you're doing this with lower body, my, I don't believe actually he encourages people to use my reps, um, for lower body, but that general idea of fatigue, you know, when you're at fatigue, do you want to be at fatigue with 500 pounds on your back? Or do you want to be at fatigue with 185 pounds on your back? Right. Um, Jim Wendler talked about this and it was great, you know, that all these guys have been doing good mornings, you know, with 650 pounds on their back. And he's like, look, if you don't know how to get a good exercise in at 225, where you're not at risk, then you don't understand exercise physiology, right? And so the component that my brother-in-law has wrong, is not, he, you know, he, he works out the failure. He's got all that part, right? And like I said, he's really, really lean at 160 pounds, right? I haven't been 160 pounds since I was 16, right? So so if the goal is to build muscle, hold on to muscle so that we're not frail at end of life and so that we might be able to deal with, you know, some kind of sickness or illness or things of this nature, you know, it probably would help him to get to 180, 190. Would that mean that he is not seven percent? Yeah, but he doesn't have abs, as an example, because he doesn't work abs, he doesn't want to work abs, right? And um, he's been with his wife since they were 17 years old, so like she signed up for the lifetime plan, he doesn't like doing abs. There you go, right? Um, and um. But the part that he's got missing is that excess of food. And that's what I'm saying is that like during the holidays, once again, if you like alcohol, do your alcohol. But are you bulking with alcohol? Not really, right? It's probably the other foods that you're intaking with your alcohol that are doing more of the heavy work, especially as it relates to starches and proteins and things of this nature. Um, Okay, so if you're new, what do you do? Body weight work slow right and so when you see sarah's workouts or stephanie's workouts and things that i say this to people all the time no one's listening to me because you all want to do these workouts within 15 minutes just like sarah and stephanie and what i'm saying is for building muscle you'd probably be better off working to some version of failure um or fatigue for lower body in that 15 minutes, specifying specific body parts, like supersetting, like doing, let's say lunges. Um. Uh, why am I forgetting? Split squats, Bulgarian split squats. Like you, you can do lunges and Bulgarian split squats for 15 minutes walk around like a baby deer for, you know, the next day or two, you know, and then hit that again, four days later, you know, if you separate these body parts, it'll allow the muscles to recover. And if you're one of these people, I don't love this, you know, that's not how I work out. Um, But I don't do any hit. I mean, I think people know that I have a CrossFit background. CrossFit was great for keeping me small, right? Like, um, you know, CrossFit kept me 155, 162 uh, for for a long period of time. The only problem is when I looked in the mirror, I didn't want to be that way, right? I didn't want to look like a high school student, you know? And so when I started to want to look, you know, like a man, or in the case of women, um, you want to have tone, um, you have to start working out slow. And I am going to say this. One of the big evolutions of something like CrossFit was if you go look at Rich Froning from like 2010, he was maybe 165, 170 rich phoning figured out he needed to compete closer to 200 right and so how did he do that well one he's he's shown everybody there's youtube videos of all this type of stuff he would do his fast workouts right and then he would do his bodybuilding slow we got to remember rich phoning is a he got his degree as an exercise physiologist right so um, he understood this way before anybody else did. Now you see guys going to 200. You, you just don't see 165 pound guys, you know, doing anything at the CrossFit Games. They might make it to the CrossFit Games, but even that's tough, right? Because it gets heavy. Um, and you see that with the women now, right? Where, you know, the women traditionally were 120, 130 pounds, right? Um which you know, I don't want to get into the history of CrossFit, but a lot of that was branding, right? And a lot of the programming was sort of set up for smaller athletes, right? Because in general, you know, if you look at and I'm you know, some people are gonna take this as I'm 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 five eight, right? So I am a smaller athlete, but when I'm up next to Matt Froning, who uh not, uh Matt. What's his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. Um but he he's five five all day. I could dunk on that dude, right? And I'm five eight. you know, and I'm old, you know, And so CrossFit is really set up. If you look at the people that dominate CrossFit, they're division three, Division two athletes. Meaning they have high work ethic, things of this nature. They just don't have the genetics to be an NFL player or some of, some of these other things. Why is this important? Well, because it's really important, you know, for a 5'5 five, five guy to get to 200. And is that 500? Um, my God, why can't I remember Matt's name? Um, <laughs> everybody out there is going to go. He, he did a whole podcast and couldn't remember Matt Frazier's name. Uh, Matt Frazier is his name. Um, But Matt probably couldn't be at his leanest most of the time. Now you go, wait a second, Matt has abs. Matt has CrossFit abs. There's CrossFit abs and then there's bodybuilding abs, right? And so I guarantee you that when you look at his training protocols now, what you're going to see is not just this high intensity, which of course you need to be able to keep at CrossFit. There's going to be some some longer type stuff, but there's going to be a certain amount of building. And if you if you ask Matt Frazier, how do you win the CrossFit Games? I guarantee you part of the equation is going to be, you're going to have to be over 180 pounds because the reality is you're going to top out um, on what you can lift right with with you know that kind of weight um on your body and so i know a lot of this sounds like oh my goodness paul's talking about gaining weight i hate hearing about gaining weight i'm not suggesting to you to do something that these professional athletes are doing what i'm suggesting to you is stop doing hit stop doing you know, CrossFit just in this like six week window and then go to the gym and do the things that aren't socially gratifying, right? Or that aren't, you know, because your weight is going to be up, which is favorable to be anabolic. And let's do some of these, you can use the exact same CrossFit workout. You can go look at the board, right? And if it's a 15 minute AMRAP, just Take as long as you need, right? And so you can do it for 45 minutes. Uh, I would suggest that you sort of break it, break it into specific body parts. Because like I said, what you really want is either failure or fatigue, you know, as you're kind of going through this. And so you go, well, how do bodybuilders do this? This is why they work out so long. If you ever look, if you ever watch a, so I've had the privilege to, to to work out with professional bodybuilders. It's the most boring thing you've ever experienced in your life, okay? There is a lot of talk. There is a lot of eating protein. There's a lot of drinking carbohydrates. And there is a lot of rest, right? They will will do something to failure. You know, they will superset it maybe once or twice. And then they're gonna rest that maybe move to another area that that doesn't exhaust that particular muscle and then they're going to come back and they're going to hit that a few times definitely lots of ways to skin this cat but there's a few things that have to be addressed in this scenario one calories need to be higher two weight typically needs to be up three you need to work out slow you need to work out in a way that allows for your body to break down, but also to recover, right? And that is going to allow you to build lean mass in a way that high-intensity work will never be able to do, right? Or, or long cardio sessions will never be able to do. You know, I think most people know that I play a lot of pickleball, which if you were to look at my legs... You would go, that guy plays a lot of pickleball. So I have a pretty well-defined leg, especially now. Um, Think about what's happening for three hours at a time, right? Drastic stops and starts. Um, you're, You're squatting all the time playing pickleball, right? You're doing like abductor work and all this other type of stuff. And so that's why virtually anybody that you see that plays p- pickleball seriously has like amazing legs. Right. And so you go, well, wait a second, you're not going to failure. Um, you're not, you know, mind body or mind muscle connection. Right. Like then how are you getting it? Volume, right. Volume is not a 15 minute high-intensity session. Yes, it's great. I mean, have those things in the mix, right? I I would argue, though, if we're looking at this six-week period, let's use this one period in time just to see what it would be like to do things in the most effective way. And when I say the most effective way, I mean the way that builds muscle, the way that People that build the most muscle build it, right? And that's what I'm describing to all of you right now. Now, some of you might find that your cardio is not good enough to do 15 reps or whatever. Once again, lower the weight, that will help. But even lowering the weight might not allow you to do that. One of the most effective exercises, so I'll I'll get on like a, holy machine. And I don't use a handle. I just use the, the end thing, right. Cause I, cause having the pressure on that little nub to hold it allows for my muscle to flex. And so when I do 20 to 25 reps of that, oh my goodness, you know, same thing with, with triceps, um, Lots of things work really effective um in in that regard. Back uh you know I have a pretty good back um because of my deadlift work and, and um uh legless rope climbs and things of that nature. Um but this guy has a massive back and you know, I banged out like what my 50 reps or whatever, man, this guy must have done a thousand reps. (laughs) I was like, Oh, that's the secret volume. Right. So, so you want high rep ranges, you want volume if you can. And once again, this is an argument for good cardio, but if you have good cardio, this is going to allow you to get the most out of your workouts. Um, And, I think you're going to like the results in the mirror, Um, but, you know, you might need to see those results in the mirror, um, you know, after a fat loss cycle, right? Because if you're up five to six pounds, you know, what's the max that you can probably gain? I mean, two to three pounds of muscle. So half of it is probably going to, well, some of it will be water and some of it will be fat, but. Getting rid of fat is much easier when you work out like this, right? Um, Becky, can you think of anything that I might have missed in this that you would want addressed? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I I think just using the word bulk is going to bother some people. Don't don't let it bother you. You know, we're 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 really just talking about if you want to if you want to call it tone, call it tone. Tone is bulking, right? You're trying to put muscle on your body so that that you can see it in the mirror. The only other thing that I think that. And you've brought it up in the past, as far as, you know, we're heading into Thanksgiving, a lot of times that comes with Extra sodium and things like that. And what that's going to do is hydrate the muscles, and you can really bang out some really good workouts after that. Yeah. I mean, like when you think about what is sodium, right? Sodium is an electrolyte. And what is mashed potatoes? Potassium, right? So those two bond to create an electrical signal that allows glucose to be sent to your muscles so that your muscles more useful. Your brain feels better. Your stomach is full, so you sleep better. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on sleep alone, right? But if you just slept eight hours and you ate 3,500 calories and you know you do a 10 minute AMRAP, I mean, what'd you really do? Like, let's let's really start to use this These nutrients in a way, a lot of people, you know, will say to me, and and don't get me wrong, if you don't have a lot of testosterone, you know, that men and women, you know, at at older ages and things of this nature, obviously you can address that. But even, even with hormone replacement, it is, you know, there's limits to that. Um, It's not, it's not going to be, you know, you're not doing steroids, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to address a deficiency. And so. You were always playing. I know everybody wants the black and white, you know, look in the mirror. Oh my God, I'm so jacked. If you want that, that's easy, right? Do all these pump style workouts that I'm talking about and then go look in the mirror and then don't look in the mirror two hours later when you just look like a normal human being, right? Just take a picture, send it on Instagram and everybody like, oh my God, Paul is so jacked. There's like that three pick, right? Um, that most people have seen of me where there's like me obese and then me skinny fat and then me jack. I was pumped out of my mind that day, right? I did triceps, I did pull-ups, I did all these different things. And I guarantee you, if you look, I wouldn't have looked like the skinny fat picture, but I would have definitely looked like a normal human being. And so uh, just to be super clear, Every Instagram picture that you see where somebody is super jacked, five seconds before that, they banged out 15 reps, right? And so you kind of need to know that when you're judging yourself against those kind of images, right? And so this is why when Sarah or Lucinda or any of the people that we work with talk about that kind of stuff, they talk about no filters and what they did and why they did it. And why you shouldn't be judging yourself against that picture if you didn't do it that way, right? So, all right. It is a weekend for Becky and I. And so I appreciate we actually only had one person show up because of the mistake. Um, But I appreciate everybody being here. And we will talk to all of you later. But hopefully this is really helpful because I think that, you know, one, it's our tendency to want to do the opposite of this. And this is a six-week period where you can kind of dip your little toe in to see what this is like. And I think once you do it, you're going to go, this is the missing component. So I appreciate everybody being here, and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.